This is the Virgin Radio Pridecast with Alex Milsom and Shivani Dave. Hello and welcome back to the Virgin Radio Pridecast with me, Alex Milsom. And with me, Shivani Dave. And in case you've been living under a rock for the last few weeks, you might have missed the fact that Virgin Radio Pride, our amazing pop-up radio station for the LGBTQ plus community, is returning very soon. And that also means that Pride season, because it's not just a month, is it, is right around the corner. So this week on the show, we're going to be chatting all about Pride and how it's evolving. First though, Shiv, I've got a very important question for you. How was your week? Well, Alex, I've actually just done something rather weird that I can't (laughs) think of anything else but what I've just done. And I have shoved a swab up my nose in front of a stranger on Zoom. Is that not the most pandemic sentence you've ever heard? I was actually going to ask how much they paid. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, that's that's a very strange world that we're living in. I I can't claim to have done the same this week. I bought a new T-shirt. It's a very nice T-shirt. I'm enjoying the T-shirt a lot, actually. It's multiple colours. It is multiple (laughs) colours. There are multiple colours. I can verify that. So the weird thing is, whenever I see this T-shirt, all I can think to myself is, Wow, it's stripy. That's 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 my stream of consciousness that you get every time I, I wear this t-shirt. Okay, it oh, is stripy. It's got stripes. That is um that is the epitome of my week. And of course, Eurovision. Alex, the less said about that, the better. We talked about it too much last week. <laughs> oh, it's just it's it's a state of mind anyway. Anyway, as I mentioned before, this week we're going to be talking all about Pride and how it's changing, as well as what we'd like to see at Pride events in the future. But before we do that, let's look back to one of the very first Pride marches. And to help us, let's hear from activist Tony Openshaw, who chatted to Emma Goswell on Virgin Radio Pride last year. Well, I first went to uh, gay pride marches in the 70s, mid-70s. I think the first one was in London, was in 1972. And I, I wasn't at that. I started going about 1975 onwards. And I still have all the badges. Yeah, but, like 75, 76, 77, 78. Oh, amazing. What was it like, though? Because, you know, I'm imagining it's very different to Pride today. I mean, how many people actually were at a Pride in 1975? Um, well, I remember being on one Pride where there was probably about 2,000 people. Gosh, quite a few, though, uh, yeah. Which is, you know, reasonable. But, um, you know, nowadays it's, there's 100,000, isn't there? yeah. And did you feel safe? Was there any animosity? Did the police protect you? Yes, there were so many people. I mean, you probably heard this expression, you know, we're here, we're queer, we're not going shopping. Yeah. You know, this... <laughs> Never quite understood where it came from, but I do. I did learn that when I went to my first Pride in London, actually, at 91. Yeah. I remember being on the underground in, in London and you look around and then you think, everybody's gay. Everybody's <laughs> gay because we're all heading to the same starting point for the Pride yeah. Parade. Yeah. And, and people just started chanting and it just felt amazing you know that you see so many other positive people it was just you know a fantastic situation I think in 1981 the National Pride Parade uh, was moved to Huddersfield because the police were raiding the Gemini Club in Huddersfield on a regular basis okay. so in solidarity it moved to Huddersfield you know I felt quite safe on the on the demonstration marching to the place but on the way back we were coming back in twos and threes back to the train station mm. and there was a lot of uh, name calling and, you know people stood outside pubs and it felt quite scary quite you know difficult 
But generally, when I've been on Pride, it's just the fantastic atmosphere, the the knowledge that there's so many people around, you know, who are really positive. Just great. So just like to jump off of Tony there really quick, he is correct. He's remembering correctly. It was 1972 that the first Pride March in London happened. It was very much a protest. It was organised by the Gay Liberation Front. There were just a few hundred people at the very first one, only a few thousands um, at the first few early Prides. But interesting question there about the police, how the police interacted with people at this first Pride, because... A lot of what was being protested at the time was the police. It was the police persecution of LGBTQ plus people. So the idea that we now have police marching in Pride, it shows that a lot has changed in the culture. Um, You know, lots of people are happy about police being part of a Pride march. Lots of people are unhappy about it. That's not what I'm going to be debating today. But I think it shows the idea that we have come quite far. Yeah, I mean, one thing I love there is is the badges Tony describes. You know, the badge of honor of being at that event. If you go back years, you would kind of see a protest with two thousand people being a really big protest. You know, like a, a two thousand people outside Downing Street in in London is a huge protest. So, talking about two thousand people there, that's no exaggeration of like the size and impact of it. And that's quite nice to see. It's it's nice to know that it actually had the history of it being a huge protest. And I love the rallying chart, by the way. We're here, we're queer, we're not going shopping. It's great. That is actually great. We should bring that back because I've definitely never heard that at Pride. I think what we should do is like, consider if you consider how there are the original Prides, the first few Prides were definitely protests. Like now mm. it's a very different picture. And having 2,000 people at a protest is, as you say, pretty good going. Yeah. Um. So they had pretty good turnouts. And I wonder if, you know, Pride in London, for example, one of the biggest Prides in the UK, if that was more of a protest or Manchester Pride or Brighton Pride, if those were more protesty, if they would still get the same turnout, because obviously there's always that debate about the commercialisation of Pride. It's it's a tough one. I think, though, with the um, with the fact that everybody travelled to Huddersfield to particularly uh, rally around the queer community there is quite heartwarming. It sounded like Pride at that time was one event, one protest that tried to encompass as much of the UK population as possible. And it kind of meant that these people, these groups would move all the way around the UK to try and support one another and and fight for each other's rights rather than sort of like each little city or town having their own party, which is kind of what we do now. I actually quite liked it, um, and this isn't actually a corporate message, but I really liked it when I was on Virgin Radio Pride talking about those different prides across the UK because, of course, there's all this different representation of different people in the community, and it was really nice to see. I actually That was probably one of my favourite things to do before I was getting ready for a show. I'd have a little Google and see what prides are on and give shout-outs to people who emailed in and said they were going to a pride, and it was really nice sense of community and I love that and I do sometimes feel that Pride can be quite centred around those two hubs London and Manchester and Brighton as well and what about the little ones what about my my hometown Canterbury Pride like 
It's really nice to see, though, that that little representation, that little people having their sense of pride in their area and not feeling like they have to go to London, you know, or not have to go to Brighton or not have to go to Manchester, these queer capitals of the UK, to feel that they can be themselves. Yeah, and I have a really interesting take on local community prides that I'm sure we will come on to later. That is, did I just call my own take really interesting, Alex? <laughs> yes. just... Isn't that what, isn't it what you're supposed to subtly tell me to say about your takes, no? <laughs> Alex, let's just let's just put, cut that and let's... Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I think... I think I've got this I've got this idea about community prides which I'm sure we'll be able to go into a little bit more um later in the episode but there's this thing with community prides where they're super focused on their community and their the people that they are supporting in that area but I do wonder if it means that there's more separation of groups between the LGBTQ plus community in the UK as a whole because of this, because we're not all trying to rally together. We're all rallying separately in different places. So we can get onto that more. That later, sounds like that could be a really interesting take. Um, so we've heard there from <laughs> Tony about the Oranges of Pride marches being a protest, but do they still have that purpose today or are they more of a celebration? Let's hear now from singer Conleth Kane, who thinks that the answer is actually a little bit of both. I mean, Pride is first and foremost a protest, but it's also a huge celebration and it's an opportunity to be amongst the people you love. It's that safe space for us. And um, it's just a real uh, opportunity to recognise how, how far we've come and actually how far some places and some communities still have to go. So it really, really keeps that conversation afloat. And uh, prides are so important. And obviously with 2020, not really having those pride events. And actually in Northern Ireland, they haven't had the opportunity to celebrate equal marriage yet, really. Of course. You know, so, so, and I don't, I, I think they're having more of a virtual pride this year over Northern Ireland. But I think next year in 2022, hopefully when this is all a thing of the past, Northern Ireland can have the biggest celebration and finally celebrate equal marriage over there. So it's really interesting there to hear from Conleth about the experiences of Pride, you know, it being a protest at its core. But then if I look at it from from my little perspective as a 24-year-old queer man who's, um, you know, I've, I've dealt with bullying and whatnot in the past, but I've never really dealt with outward homophobia. I don't really feel my, my individual experiences of Pride have been a protest, which really goes to show how far we've come, as Conliff has said. Yeah, no, I, I definitely see that. And I think we can recognise how far we've come in the UK because, like, let's think about the rights in the rest of the world, not always as progressive as we'd like. Mm-hmm. But it's also worth thinking about how much further we are to come in this country and around the world, like, to reflect on the lives that have been lost and will continue to be lost in the struggle for equal rights. Mm. That was me trying to make a little jab at the fact that there's still not a total ban on conversion therapy in this country yet. And it doesn't seem like there is going to be a total ban on conversion therapy in this country for quite some time. Mm. But as much as I want to celebrate our community, it it's also important to be vocal about what we need for equality. And using pride to march for both of those things doesn't seem counterintuitive to me. Like we've now managed to amass these hundreds of thousands of people in the centre of London, in the centre of Manchester, in the centre of Brighton, on specific days of the year, these people are all there saying that they're supporting the LGBTQ plus community and our, you know, our struggles. So why can't we use those opportunities as a place to 
show, to argue, to express the fact that we still need so much more if we are going to be truly treated as equal. But can it not be a mix of both? Because as many of us will experience, going to Pride today can be a mix of protest and celebration. I see what you're saying, Alex, but some people will say, can we or should we mix the two? Let's hear now from another singer who's had thoughts on this topic, the Feelings frontman, Dan Gillespie-Sells. I don't separate them, actually. I don't separate them at all. I don't think they're separate. I don't think they have to happen, you know, they happen alongside each other. The, The sad thing is when one thing gets missed out. And so when protest gets missed out, the idea of solidarity with our, our, our queer siblings overseas gets missed out. You know, we, we should be able to do both things. We should have the imagination to to have fabulous entertainment and fabulous, you know, have a fabulous party, but include, you know, solidarity. We should be they, those things used to happen in tandem. It was it was you know, pride when I was growing up was it was always both at the same time. And that's not just pride. There's a history of it in our country, rock against racism, you know, and all of these amazing events that they, they, they were they were kind of cultural, uh, colourful, beautiful events, but that were about something. And I think we can make pride about something and still make it incredibly entertaining and the best night out ever and the best day out ever for people. And it can still inspire people because I think that was the other important, you know. Lots of queer kids coming from places where they, they couldn't walk down the street and be themselves. To be able to go to a big city and to be able to walk down the street and feel part of something and feel part of their community, that still has value. See, I completely agree with Dan here. These two things can overlap. Celebrating us and our queer experiences is an act of resistance as well as fighting for our rights. You know, <laughs> I do feel like I'm parroting points that I've made before, but I said it last week and I will say it again. Aren't we all, even just at the core of being ourselves, being out, queer, loud people, aren't we all protesting every day we live as ourselves? Yes, and I'm with you on that. But I think when we talk about pride being a protest, there is like the personal pride, but there are also larger things that as a community, as a big group, we need to argue and fight for because they haven't traditionally just been handed to us on a plate. Yeah, very true, actually. I I mean... Um, it goes back a little bit, but I I remember talking with a, a very close friend of mine about the holding your partner's hand test and, you know, just kind of imagining that as this test that you can do out and about. Just would I feel comfortable reaching for my partner's hand and holding his hand as I walked along here? And even just in the UK, I know that's not the case in my hometown, the very least. And now going a bit further and thinking beyond the UK's borders is actually still there's so much to protest so I can understand why pride being a protest is important yeah and I mean like what Dan's mentioning there the rock against racism protests and and other political protests seem to have been kind of fun like it seems like concerts and gigs and these kinds of things to raise money for a cause and to raise awareness of a cause but also to have a really good time while standing up for what you believe in was kind of like part of the parcel when it came to protesting back in the day surely pride can be that too because i would say it's lost a lot of its activist elements and when i mean pride here i'm talking about sort of the bigger prides the ones that we've mentioned the london's the manchester's the brighton's 
And I think that energy could be brought back to some of these events. And people are trying to bring that energy back to some of these events and make it less about, you know, corporations selling clothes with rainbows on and make it less about, you know, corporations being able to pay a shed load of money to walk down Oxford Street with the cars all blocked off and blow a whistle. But don't those T-shirts with rainbows on look so good? I mean, my favourite are my my rainbow socks, which I am sporting right now, um, which is really uncomfortable to show on the Zoom. I think Pride can be a mix of both at the same time. I think it should be that big night out, that big celebration, because isn't celebration sort of a form of protest when people would prefer for you not to exist, so your existence is a protest, as I mentioned before, but also that big night out as a sort of ambassadorial thing for young queer kids like myself looking at Pride, going, oh, that would be quite nice to be there one day, and then being there, living in London, and actually being queer and out and proud. Yeah, and Pride has this thing of being a beacon for people who want to find that community and want to know that there are other people like them outside of their sphere so it it serves many purposes but it was really interesting to hear from Dan about how he thinks that pride can be a mix of celebration and protest but how is pride evolving nowadays is that element of protest still there well let's have a chat about that Alex the future of Pride events right after your Virgin Radio Pride weekly update with Daryl Jackson thank you first this week the niece of the late Justin Fashionu hopes professional footballer Jake Daniels' decision to come out as gay will be a spark for others to follow suit. The Blackpool striker is the only current men's professional footballer to have done that in Britain. He's also the first since Fashionu in 1990. But the former Norwich forward suffered abuse and took his own life in 1998. Amal Fashionu says the world's changed, but there's work to do. There are gay footballers and we actually do need to help them. And when I say help, I mean, you know, support them um, when they do happen to come out. And even if they're not out, for us to create an environment for them to actually feel safe to come out like Jake did. It's been confirmed there will be a debate in Parliament on reinstating trans conversion therapy into the government's proposed ban. It follows more than 145,000 signing a petition calling on the government to revert to its original promise to ban all forms of conversion therapy. The debate next month will include interventions from several Conservative MPs who are concerned over the issue. However, other Tory MPs remain firmly minded that the ban should not cover trans. Now, a new 50 pence coin has been revealed to mark the 50th anniversary of the UK Pride movement. The Royal Mint says it's the first time the UK's LGBTQ plus community has been recognised on an official coin. It includes the historic Pride progression flag and is inscribed with Pride's values of protest, visibility, unity and equality in rainbows. The BBC says it saw a big jump in viewers of Saturday's Eurovision final on its iPlayer compared to last year. The show was streamed more than 2.2 million times over the weekend. The broadcaster says that's a 73% increase compared to 2021. That's all for this week. I'll be back next week. Thanks, Daryl. Now, if you've been to a Pride event recently, you've probably seen some evidence of corporate sponsorship or groups of businesses marching in the parade. But is this commercialisation of Pride a positive thing? Or does it detract from the protest elements, which, you know, we discussed before? 
Well, someone who had some thoughts on this was journalist and student Mishti Ali. Have a listen. I mean, the thing is, I have to say, I feel quite forgiving because when I was growing up, no big corporations wanted to shout about their LGBT staff, for example. So when I go on their Pride March now and... Um, I don't know whether it's the co-op or British Airways or whoever that is, wants to say, look, we want to march proudly with the LGBTQ plus community. I'm just so kind of grateful for that. But do you think we have gone too far down the corporate route, Mishti? Yeah, um, I 100% think we have. I wrote a piece for Huck just last week um, on pinkwashing and a more recent event that's happened. And the event in question, the organisers still have yet to actually say anything about the concerns that people have raised. Um, and, you know, people who have previously been involved in the event have also <laughs> made statements, quite influential people, and still nothing's being done. Um, so I think that when we're not listening to the community, who are those events actually for then? Okay, I'm going to have to sit on the fence so hard on this one, I'm going to have splinters in my derriere because, yes, pink washing is bad and soliciting the pink pound is bad, but imagine you're young, starting a job, kind of deciding where you want to work and you would like to know that the place that you're going to work or the place that you are working or whatever that may be you'd quite like it if you thought oh are they employ people who look like me here i think that that sort of having your big boss as long as it's not for a corporate pr exercise having your big boss there waving the flag alongside you has got to be nice and seeing that the communities you know the police seeing that the fire service, seeing that the paramedics, seeing that the doctors, nurses, anyone who works in our community is out and proud and queer is a nice thing as well. Okay, I get that. I understand that. I think Matt uses the phrase that he's forgiving of having corporations be involved with pride. And I think that's, to some extent, nice. Great. My GP isn't going to discriminate against me because I'm non-binary or the person who's going to rescue me from a fire isn't necessarily going to leave me in there because he finds out I'm gay. That's great. But it's also equality. We shouldn't have to be grateful for equality. And I think that when you've got big corporations, not necessarily public service corporations but but maybe banks or whatever they are when they march in pride and they spend money to march through a parade that that money doesn't necessarily always go to the community they are just kind of doing it to say look at us you can be queer and you can be part of us and work for us which, yes, nice, but also how do they treat their LGBTQ plus staff? That's what I actually care about. When it comes to working for someone or working somewhere, I would want to consider whether or not they actually support their LGBTQ plus staff, whether they actually will support somebody if they are transitioning or if they have... Um, a zero tolerance policy on homophobic slurs being thrown around in the office. That's what I care about more than whether or not they let their staff have a Saturday go parade around in rainbows. Do you know, I, I, I get it. It's a really difficult thing and I, I will sit on the fence for this one. I think that debate about brands and sponsorships of Pride is one which is going to continue for a while. Definitely. But for now, large scale commercialised Pride events seem to be here to stay. 
But as we're seeing more and more fringe prides pop up, do these large events exclude members of the community? Would it be better to have smaller, more local events that serve the community directly? Let's hear now from Carl Austin Behan, OBE, who is currently the LGBT advisor to the mayor of Greater Manchester about this. I think one thing here in Greater Manchester, you know, we've got 10 boroughs across Greater Manchester, you know, that, that covers nearly 3 million people. Now, one thing that I was really pleased with in 2019, we actually managed to have a pride event in all of the 10 boroughs. And that could have been whether or not it was just something, you know, a small event, whether it was something, um, you know, within the town centre, uh, you know, like in Wigan, where we got them in Bolton, Rochdale. I was we, there we with the Bolton one with you. We, we shared the stage together in Bolton. We did. And I think, and I think that, is, for me, is something that's really critical, the fact that making it local, so even like this weekend, you know, Disbury Pride um, took place. Um, and also, you know, we, we have um, the, the smaller Pride, Levenshume Prides. And I think that's something that should be sort of coming up across the whole country now. Whereas you make it so it's not about a big commercial entity. You make it about what Pride is for you. And it's about bringing, making it so it's about the community, making it normalised that people can see rainbow flags as they walk up their little shop, shopping centre. If you've only got 15 shops in your area and there's a, a rainbow flag, that speaks volumes than, than just throwing it all in a town centre. I think it's worth pointing out that this is a clip from last year, so the event that Carl mentions is not actually happening this weekend. Oh, that's a shame. I was going to go. You sold it very well. <laughs> I think for me, smaller prides are always more fun. They're more community focused. They're more of a good vibe. And um, they're a little bit more about helping the community or people from that geographic community find the support they need with LGBTQ plus services and charities and things like that. Yeah, I get really, really excited and, and sort of feel quite overwhelmed when I think about Canterbury Pride, because that's my hometown. Seeing the place that I lived in and a place that I loved and I, I really do miss when I live in London. Seeing that little community pride and seeing people who I know and the shops that I would go to and the Mackies that would still do a pride deal, I'm like, go on. It just feels really nice. So I can just imagine how nice it would be to see that representation on a smaller scale because I've experienced it myself. Go on, the Mackies. Love a good Mackie's Pride deal. I think there is like an element of pride that means that it's a, it's a space and it's a time for people who are feeling lost or uncertain of their sexuality or gender to be able to find others like them. It was massive for me to stumble into a Pride parade in London when I was 16 years old and really confused about everything. There's also an element of pride that comes with the protest side, highlighting the inequalities that the LGBTQ plus community faces here in the UK and worldwide. And both of these things are hugely important. And it's kind of nice that there are these different prides that try and do these different things. You know, having smaller prides that provide support and services for people in a local geographic area and having prides that also advocate for the rights of lgbtq plus people do we need a pride to celebrate corporations for having lgbtq plus staff members i don't think so and you've got splinters in your bum <laughs> yes i do do you know what i remember giving a shout out to olden pride when i was doing virgin radio pride last year so that was quite nice just like oh go on manchester um nice. also how all of the boroughs had their own pride event and manchester is a population of like over half a million about 550 
thousand. They've all got their own How little you know tiny these things. Is amazing. I know, just a good old, good old classic researcher I am. Um, <laughs> but seeing that all of them had their own little individual one, and then London with its eight and a half million people doesn't. But that's okay. We do have smaller ones in the community, so it's very nice to to kind of see that there are those different avenues of you know different size events for different splinters of the community not the splinters that are stuck up my backside so (laughs) yeah (laughs) while the debates about pride will continue as long as pride itself does i think it's really important that we keep those small community events as well as the element of protest which we spoke about at the start of the episode and to mark 50 years since the very first pride march that took place in london in 1972 the gay liberation front who is actually the group of people who organised the very first march, some of the original members who who put together that march, I'm saying the word march a lot, have organised another event this year on the 1st of July 2022, exactly 50 years after the very first Pride Parade in London. And it's promised to be a mix of just those things, a mix of protest, a mix of party. And with that, and Alex's wise words of wisdom. Oh, thanks. That's probably all we've got time for today. As always, if there's anything you'd like to say about this week's episode, you can email us on pridecast at virginradio.co.uk. Or you can tweet us at Virgin Radio UK using our lovely little hashtag Virgin Radio Pridecast. Have a lovely week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>